This week on For Crying Out Loud. Talk to your kid fine. It's one thing, but talking to their kid loud as they're going right. through Trader Joe's. Because they want you to notice. Bananas. <laughs> bananas. Haley, can you say bananas? And then they go to the checkout. Then they sit at the checkout. Aiden, we're getting some <laughs> kale. Kale is very healthy. Can you say quinoa? <laughs> And then they're talking to the 24-year-old dude at, that's checking them out, mm-hmm. the surfer dude mm-hmm. that's at Trader Joe's checking them out. Right. And she's like... Did you find is, everything need today, bro? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then like act like as if the 24-year-old dude is interested in little Hudson, you know? Like, right. Uh, He's going to grow up to be a brogan. <laughs> Check out an all-new episode of For Crying Out Loud this Monday or visit cryingoutloudshow.com only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Hello, my little chicken and a biscuits. It's me, Allison. Before the show starts, officially... Before the show officially starts, I just wanted to say a few words, and here they are. One, um, I love you guys, and thank you so much for listening and for telling your friends and for supporting the sponsors and for clicking on the Amazon banner on my site and for emailing and letting me know that you appreciate listening to the show. There's nothing I like better. This, And by the way, I realized that if someone were full of shit, this is kind of what they would be saying but it's but the reason they're saying that if they're full of shit is because if someone is sincere, it's also what they're saying. Did that make sense? I feel like a lot of things that are coming out of my mouth and that are also occurring in my brain aren't making sense lately. More on that in a little while. But what I was going to say before I interrupted myself was there's nothing I like better than getting an email or reading a comment or getting a tweet telling me that the show brought you some comfort or made you feel better or got you through something tough or just that you felt less alone listening to it. So, because that makes me feel less alone. So thank you. And, you know, maybe one day instead of addressing you as snack foods, I'll just address you as BFFs or boofs. But I get more enjoyment out of coming up with different ridiculous snack foods to call you. I don't know. I could really go any which way on this one. Stay tuned. Okay. Um, Let's see. I do want to do iTunes comment of the week. I do want to say that the guest on this episode is Jim Norton, and he's great, very open, very comfortable talking about all his perversions, and uh, I don't know if that's how I want to say it. I think he would say it that way, but, you know, he's into some freaky shit, and he's more than happy to discuss it. And I started talking about this. Um, I found myself feeling incredibly angry. And by the way, angry or anger is not an emotion that I'm super comfortable with. I know that everyone has it in them, but I am more comfortable pushing that one away just because it's it's such a strong, unpleasant emotion. I don't like it in other people. I don't like it in myself. But I just something triggered something and I was so mad at my boyfriend and I the thing that was driving me nuts is that I couldn't figure out why I had sort of some sense of the 
thing, the incident that had, you know, occurred before it, but it just wasn't making sense to me. And I'm someone who really needs to understand why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. So it was creating this, um, misery is too strong, but I just felt pretty yucky. It was all kinds of yucky. And I talked about it on the show with Jim and I was worried afterwards that maybe I had revealed too much and I, uh, well, you know what though, that, that's a separate point. The point though that I want to make is that as you listen to it, you might feel like there's a chapter missing or, you know, it's unsatisfying. It doesn't really make sense. And I just want to say, yes, it didn't really make sense. So there's a, a point at which I try to explain how I had got more clarity about it. But if, if the whole thing leaves you scratching your head and saying, huh? Um, yeah, that's what happened, sort of. Okay. I've just confused something that's confusing. <laughs> Enjoy. And what else? Um, let's see. Hmm. You know what? Let's just do iTunes comment of the week. Here's the song. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. Okay. As you know, I ask you guys to answer a question in addition to leaving your comment or to weave the answer to your question in the comment. And last week's or the week before's question, what do you think is the cutest, puppies, babies, or ducklings? struck a chord a lot more than this week's question, which was, what's your favorite word? Uh, Mine is wanderlust, by the way. I just think it's a pretty sounding word. Or what's your favorite word to describe Guy Fieri, which related to, at the beginning of the last episode, at the live show, I read my list of words and phrases that would never be used to describe Guy Fieri. Um, Only one person decided to address that in their comment. And that's Tix Lady. She says, love this podcast. The live podcast from Nerd Melt was awesome. I laughed until I cried. And Carrie Kenny Silver's episode was also great. I once heard Guy talk about his jeweler, and I realized right then that men with their own personal jewelers are annoying. Yes, Tix Lady, that makes me realize that I think guys who have a guy in any sort of field, oh, I have a guy who can hem your pants, or, oh, I have a guy who can paint your this, or I have a guy who can get you tickets, I have a guy who can get you any kind of drug, I have a guy who could get you an underage hooker. Guys, quit having guys, because when you mention it, it doesn't make you sound like a man of the world who is well-connected as much as it makes you sound like someone who wants people to think you're that. So, go out and, and accrue these kind of helpful connections. But just don't brag about it, because then you just sound like a douche. Speaking of which, though, I do wish that I had a guy in a number of fields. I don't have any guys or gals. I don't even have someone who regularly cuts my hair right now. So if you're looking at me and thinking, wow, you need to cut some shape into that. Cut some shape into that. You know, let's not talk about my insecurity over the fact that I feel like my hair is lacking shape. Or as the guy, my guy, it wasn't one of my guy, the guy who cut my hair in New York, he would say, I would get there and he'd kind of push his hand through it and he'd say, should I just add some zhuzh? And I thought, I hate that you just said that. But yes, please. But don't cut too much zhuzh. You know? All right. Anyway, I think I already expressed that I love you, but I do. I love you. Please enjoy this episode. Please, uh, oh, duh. The iTunes comment of the week for this week. The question is, what's your favorite color? 
Mine is blue, but I also really like green and I really like purple. Sometimes I like red. I don't ever like orange. I also enjoy black and white and I'm comfortable around browns. But if I had to live among one color for the rest of my life, I think it would be blue. I went through a very brief yellow phase, but but brief. I mean, and that was when I was like 11. I can barely remember those days. But back to orange, ugh, I just can't do it. It, uh, it reminds me of the 70s and the 80s, and for some reason it makes me think of ZZ Top, and, and I know it sounded like I said Zuzzy Top, but I said ZZ Top. And um, I was just remembering an exchange that I overheard my parents have, but I can't do it justice right now. No, you know what? I'm just going to pause this and I'm going to find it and then I'm going to come back. Hang on. Oh my God, that took a really long time, but I finally found it. Here it was the tweet. Parents watching Mansum, bearded man on screen, my dad. Is that the topsy-turvy band? My mom. The ZZ band? That was not worth it. I'm sorry that I put myself through that and, by extension, you guys. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I was, I was discussing the color orange. I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop with that. You know why? Because this is a good episode that stands on its own. And it's now that I am uh, not speaking correctly, A, and B, it's like I'm... It's like I'm a delightful woman who's come to your house to go on a date and as you open the door I'm belching in your face this is just it's just a burp that I'm putting on the front of this episode so I'm gonna stop right now I'm sorry please just enjoy this episode and just go on being yourself and being happy if you're happy and being sad if you're sad I'm a little blue that's not a color pun state of my brain and what's going on inside it. Okay. Stop. I'm just going to stop talking. It's hard for me. I get going on a roll and then I just get stuck in this awkward bleh. going to stop now. Here's the episode. Oh, 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 oh. And at the very end, I'll put another Angora song. This one is called Fire Pants. Angora's is the band that I was in many moons ago, and some people, I believe it was Dave Damashek, said it was a crime that I hadn't played any of my songs on this show. And so then I said, okay, I'll tuck some at the end. I put them at the end in case people just, you know, don't want that in the middle of their um, burp that comes before the show. Okay, so stick around to the end for that. And uh, don't forget to answer the question, what's your favorite color, in your iTunes comment. I love you. Here's the episode. Allison, Rosen, Allison, Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, we'll have the good times never end. Allison, Rosen, do him a wavy pencil dance again. Allison, Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is comedian and author Jim Norton, who appears regularly on the Opie and Anthony radio program. That's not the official name of it, is it? No, it's just Opie and Anthony. 
Okay, but I'm just specifying. It's the Opie and Anthony radio program, not yes. the Opie and Anthony full-length theatrical release. Um, yes. And he wrote Happy Endings and I Hate Your Guts, and he appears regularly on The Tonight Show, and he has a new special coming out, which is called Jim Norton, Please Be Offended, and you can view that on epics and epicshd.com. Yes. What did I leave out? Nothing. You're great. Epix is a, is a newer network. It's like when Comedy Central wasn't in all pro, uh, houses or on all pro, uh, providers. That's where Epix is now. Like they're going on direct TV in July, which of course doesn't help the premiere of my special. But uh, you know, epixhd.com for anybody who doesn't have it on their provider. And where did you uh, record it? Cleveland. I wanted to do Cleveland because I draw really well there. Um, and they're like angry white people. And anywhere there's disgruntled Caucasians, I tend to draw really well. Like there in Boston, Philly, those are my strongest markets. So if you were to perform in front of uh, people who are on a lot of antidepressants, would that not go well? Uh, it would probably go OK because it would probably just be my audience but loaded on antidepressants. I mean half the people that come to see me are probably on something. Yes. Um, it's more like middle class guys like me uh, but people that are really doing well in life and making a tremendous amount of money don't. Because I'm kind of negative, so that annoys a lot of people. I don't. I wonder if people who are making a tremendous amount of money come out and see comedy shows very often. I feel like they're too busy flying in their private jets and just, you know, well, guys being, are that being kind of fancy. Money. That kind of money, yeah. I mean, stuff like just you know, guys that make two hundred thousand a year who aren't flying private. I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know what they do. To be honest, right. I know they're not at my shows. Or if they are, they just dress like they make thirty grand a year because nobody comes to my shows wearing suits or ties. It's just not how they dress. Maybe they're just keeping it real. So before right. we started, we were talking about how you were on Leno last night yes. and Justin Bieber was a musical guest. Mm -hmm. What's he like? Um, I've met him a couple of times. He's actually a nice for, – for considering he's probably the biggest star in the world in the top three – He's very, very pleasant. I mean, uh, I would, Jay was in my dressing room saying, just chatting and then Justin came in and he came right in and said, hello, hey. And he said hi to my manager, my agent. And he was really um, – he's a nice guy. Like, you want to hate him because he's so much more famous than I am at such a young age. Yes. But he's nice. You can't. He's a nice dude. And then Mila Kunis was on the show as well and Gary wanted to know if she's hot. I just want to know if she's really hot in person. I mean she's good looking for sure but the pictures seem to – cover a wide berth. You see really good ones and not Fan so much. She's fantastic. And, and I, I honestly had no feelings about Mila Kunis either way before. I didn't like her or dislike her. I was just aware of her and I thought she was a really good actress. Like I, I could say I liked her because I liked her in Black Swan and a few other things. But on panel, because it could have been a nightmare. Like I was originally supposed to be on Friday with Andrew Garfield who's playing Spider-Man. Oh, yes. And that would have been my demo. But they're like, do you want to switch to Wednesday because we have Justin Bieber and Mila Kunis going to be a much bigger audience of people who aren't into you. Probably, but you're going to get enough people just by accident watching you who wouldn't be exposed to me. The part of me wants that. That's like when I do Chelsea lately. I get like texts from people or, or that I haven't seen in years or tweets from people that never knew who I was. Whereas people that just see me on The Tonight Show probably have seen me already. So I did it, but I knew it would be all like 16-year-old girls and it was. I mean they were all – they camped out the night before. So they were introducing the show and they're like, you know, and tonight's guest, I'm Mila Kunis, you know, my huge applause, Jim Norton, and then Justin <laughs> Bieber. <sighs> like it even dwarfed the uh, ovation that Mila Kunis got. So uh, I knew I was going to be in trouble and I was supposed I was going to do like Travolta jokes 
you know, and I knew that these people not even know who he is, much yeah. less. Uh, I opened up with a happy ending reference, and they just <laughs> stared at me, and I'm like, oh, I'm in fucking big trouble. I'm in trouble. Um, but Mila was so great on the couch with me because she was completely supportive and having fun, and me, her, and Jay had a good time. So the segment came out really good. Like I thought, it was, or I should say, it came out good compared to what should have been an abomination. But she looked great, and I took a couple of photos with her, and she looked really hot in the photos. Yeah, I mean, she she seems to do well around comics. I don't know that she's necessarily all that funny, but she's been in a lot of very funny movies, and, like, Extract comes to mind. It's kind of an underrated movie that I liked with Bateman. Uh, and she's she's the female lead in that, and she's she's good. She has She seems to have good comic instincts to let, you know, the pros do what they do. She was, and she was... I knew she was being supportive... And and having a good time with me, and she, I knew she was making my segment go better. Like, and I knew she was. Um, it's amazing how many tweets I got where they're like, "God, Mila Kunis really enjoyed you," which wouldn't be something that I guess people would think. I know Did I they wouldn't say have. it in language that was that nice. Um, Mila yeah. Kunis really enjoyed you. Yeah, a lot of the you know the, you know she fucking loved you was a few of them, but you know you, you made me uh, Mila Kunis laugh. Right. A lot of it was just simple, just kind of bland terminology like that. Because I get tweets a lot that are like, "So and so wanted to fuck you. Could you tell?" And I th- always think no. Because sometimes it takes like the penis trying to enter my body for me to all of a sudden. Put oh, it really? It takes a sometimes, while. Sometimes, or or it could be someone who's gay. And definitely doesn't want to get with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think he's digging me. Oh, I'm just you... off in, on either. I kind of read both situations wrong. Well, I kind of felt like I got vibes from her. And people were telling me she seemed like she really, – and, I, and I'm, I've heard she's dating Ashton Kutcher. I don't yes. know if that's true. I, I read that as well on um, something that's It's probably true. Yeah. He wasn't there, of course, and I didn't ask her. But for, for me to even think that I might have gotten vibes, then I'm like, oh, hey, you dumb motherfucker. She's an actress. Of course she, she's going to make you feel that way. That's what she does. Yeah, but well, women again. do – Go ahead. No, you go ahead. It's your show. Thank you. I knew eventually he'd arrive at that. You know. <laughs> um, women do like funny guys, though. And I know that there are – I hear men all the time say that that's – yeah, that's not true. All women say that, but they don't really want that. But no, I think we, we are attracted to people who make us laugh. Yeah, and funny guys is one thing, but no amount of funny gets you over the Ashton Kutcher hump. Like right. that guy I mean, is – right. he's also a really good actor – he seems like a nice enough dude. I've never met him, and I'm sure he's got a good sense of humor. And he's a fucking ten, and he's rich. There's no amount of jokes that get you over the A-list celebrity alpha male hump. Yes. However, she was either married or engaged to Macaulay Culkin. Sure. So I feel like anyone's kind of got a shot. You're not getting past Ashton Kutcher, but I feel like. She's pretty much kooky enough. Ooh, the Macaulay theorem. That's good. But don't forget, he's not a bad-looking dude, and he's a, he's a household name. He's a famous guy. Macaulay Culkin is like is kind of in, ingrained in our culture. Like for the Home Alone, that kid, yeah, everybody the, knows the who. Face he's a famous motherfucker. Yeah. Like you know, if he's like a little weird looking, he's certainly not ugly. He was considered adorable growing up. So half the country was in love with him when he was a young teenager. So again, even that. I can see why she would like that. As that's her idea of quirky. Like maybe that's as, as quirky as she gets as Macaulay Culkin, who is a good-looking household name. Okay, who's more adorable, a young Macaulay Culkin, a young Drew Barrymore, or a duckling? Uh, I'm going to go with none of them, and I'm going to take the chick from Poltergeist. Oh, Fucking steps on all Heather them. Heather Ann, uh, the one who she's she died. Dead. Yeah, yeah. Gary, yeah, I, I got to go duckling. 
Yeah, it's I'm just going the dip. smart move. But <laughs> yeah, duck. It's hard to lose betting on a Drew duck leg. Drew Barrymore as Gertie in E.T. was pretty fucking cute. She was. I, I'll agree with that. She was adorable. I don't remember her name was Gertie, but she was very cute. I may have gotten that wrong. You're but probably I, right. I think it was Gertie. Um, Adam talks about Mila Kunis a lot, and what he says about her is that. I think it's her where he says this about you think that, you know, on TV she's or movies, she's so attractive. And then you see her in person and she, like she's this this little slip of a thing, because I feel like for Adam, you have to clear like five, eight to be super attractive. Well, how tall is he? He's a size king. Um, he's huh. what is he? Six, three or six, four, six, two. Oh, he's, he's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm 5'7", and I'm really being – I'm 5'6 and a half. I so, read that you were 5'8 in New York Magazine. I probably lied. I think you might have. I probably, or they might have assumed, and I might have said it jokingly, and they fucking moronically took me serious. I'm not close to 5'8". 5'8", 160 is what I read. Okay, I'm 5'6 and a half, 165. Okay. So I, I either shrunk and put on weight or just fucking lied through my fat teeth. So I, I think that's probably the better option. But Adam's a big dude, so for him – Five three, five two is probably awful and embarrassing and childlike. For me, it's perfect. Although I like taller women too. I mean, yeah. Do you to what what height do you tend to date? My last girlfriend was five nine, but I've been getting into this thing where I've been looking at women online lately who are six feet with big, long, like juicy asses and thighs, like not fat, but fucking. Big juicy women, and not and again, not big guys. Is there a certain website that caters to six foot tall, juicy ass women? Giantesses, they're called, uh, like for dominatrixes. Okay. But I'm not into the whole giantess thing where they're like, you know, you're a little, I'll squish you. Ugh, shut up. But I just <laughs> like looking at them, and I would like to fuck one. Like I would like to fuck a girl that big. And just hook my hands under her big juicy ass and just eject. Like that to me is what I would like and to do. And just what? And just come okay. like that. Like, like just holding her big juicy hiney. There's so many questions. There's so many where places I want to go with this. Sure. But if you're looking at them online, really they could be any high. I don't mean to – to you know, shatter the illusion, but they right. could be any height. They could just be next to a small chair. Well, I only like mug shots. So if it doesn't have the fucking actual inches behind them, I don't fuck them without a mug shot. That's no, smart. You, you're right, but you could tell a lot of times because uh, they're, they're, they're long. You can just see in the photos sometimes that they're big, long, right. and it's weird that they would advert. They might lie if they're doing giantess shit. They might go I'm from six two, and they're really six. But they're not going to lie and say they're fucking 6'3 You're without right, heels. You're right, though, because if you see a small picture of a St. Bernard and a small picture of a pug, you know. You know the difference. Yeah. So are you shopping around for some kind of fetish thing that you're into or – and I ask that because I, I know that you're kind of a noted pervert. Yeah. You say that in a non-judgmental no, way. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just jerking off to it. I mean I'm not even looking to do it. Like I'm not even seeing hookers or dominant. I mean I joke about it, but I'm, re- I'm really just jacking off to it at this point. I've been on a masturbation run for a long time. How many times in a day? It's sometimes just once I edge. Like it's it's an ongoing thing. Like today, I mean I wasn't going to call anybody today. I had phoners this morning. It was just a long promotion day. But I just jacked and stopped and jacked and stopped. I do that like a lot and I edge. It's like a drug. It's like, it's like a fucking – Oh, like you bring yourself to the brink and then stop. And then stop. stop. Yeah, because once you come, then you're tired. You boo. Right. But I like to keep it you're going. You're truly styling yourself. Styling. That Sting's wife who's into, you know, tantric sex. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Except I can't keep a heart on long enough for tantric sex. Like I can do it jerking off, but I jerk off limp sometimes, which is awful because it just sends all these weird signals to your body. 
it's like you're telling yourself you're not worth it. You know, <laughs> or or you're doing something when you're not horny. Like I'm not horny, but I'm just fucking abusing my dick. It's like there's no reason for it. And then it's like sex becomes confusing because it's like I'll be with a girl and I don't know if I want to fuck her or if I just want to lay there with her. And I, I, my dick doesn't even know how to react because I, I, I masturbate when I'm bored, when I'm sad, when I'm really horny, when I'm just hungry, like at weird times. So it's like you give your body all these weird fucking messages and then uh, it makes sex very confusing and it has to be weird. Yeah, I was going to ask why do you do it if you're not into it? But I think you just answered that. Yeah, it's, it's like sort drugs. of like a drug thing. Sure, sure. But you've been um, sober since you were 17. 18. I got sober in February of 87. So are you, okay. Well, let's talk about that. I should say that we're about to get um, Alfred, who's doing a segment called "Things You Never Hear People Say," on the phone. So I'm bringing up a super deep topic, and then I'm going to cut you off in a second. It's fine. But let's start. Let's remove the cap off this bottle. Sure. Uh, or uncork it. So, what did you get sober from? Alcohol and drugs. And yeah. like, what what were you like then? Terrible. I was, but I was young. But I was a terrible, violent drunk. Horrible, violent drunk, uh, depressive, suicidal. When uh, did you start drinking? Yeah, thirteen. That, that it was only a few years, but it was really bad, really fast. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I just would have committed suicide. So had I you had attempted? To, yeah, but never for real. You know, I mean, I still, I'm all chopped up. But it was like it, literally, I was doing it like yeah. The, is that all there's of, a yeah, scar? All oh. the cut, you know, I forget I have them actually until I just you know just been there for so many years. Uh, what did you – I'm looking at a scar that's on your arm. What did you use? Box cutter. Hmm. But it was – this wasn't a suicide attempt. They, those were just because I was angry. And, oh, you, know, you were cutting. Yeah. OK. Just emo girl shit. But you know, eventually something bad would have happened. So I stopped. What do you think it was that um, – what was the pain in your childhood that you were kind of exercising, if you will? I don't know, to be very honest. I don't know. I've been – I know I've been addicted to sex since I was really young. Like uh, a, a, a real young kid, but never with adults, as far as I can remember. I show every. So I should have been molested if I wasn't, but I don't. I don't have any memory of sexual activity with adults. Only uh, other kids my age. What was your first sexual experience? I don't remember the first one. I, I have no memory of it, but I can remember a bunch of my friends and I would we'd suck each other's dicks when I was in. Uh, and this is like first grade, second grade. Um, I can remember so the precocious. Yeah, it's a very naughty little boy. <laughs> and I can remember the first like I'm an ass for other girls' ass. I remember Janice, this girl, when I was in like second or third grade in the woods, showed me her ass, and I put my face against her ass cheek, and it felt so cool, like temperature-wise, and just loving that big fucking soft piece of flesh against my face. Like I immediately fell in love uh, with with the ass. Hmm. Do you think that? Wanting to press your face against a girl's ass is similar to wanting to uh, like motorboat a girl. I never thought of it this way, but the butt is kind of like boobs on your ass. It is. Um, I've never motorboated. I just don't like the sound. I like the sound is just too associated with uh, somebody's tummy. With good maritime activity. Maritime activity is a good way to put it. Yeah. So the idea of actually putting my face—if my face is between a pair of breasts or ass cheeks or whatever it would be. However to fuck your motorboat, I've never done it and I wouldn't be able to do it. If some guy – and I I never have been on the other end of that and if some guy did that to me, it would just make me laugh. 
And I think probably I'd like I'd I'd be like <laughs> and I'd I'd hit him in the head by mistake. I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be like stop doing that. It'd but just he, be aggravating. But he couldn't do that to be sexy. Like no guy no. does that thinking it's sexy. And I can be playful, but like once my face is between your tits, fucking playtime is over. Like I'll joke around, but I can't be goofy in bed. Like I'm not because I'm a pervert. I can I can be goofy anywhere. Uh, I don't wake, but not in bed. I can't. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I can't You're be funny, funny on stage. And but I'm not playful in bed. I'm dirty. Dirty because fun is never sexy to me. Like, yeah, it's a fun energy. Let's laugh. See, it's not to me either. Are there people for whom it is? Because I think sure. I'm, I'm a little bit twisted, not not Jim Norton levels. Um, I've never peed on anyone or wanted anyone to pee on me. Okay. I know you are into that, yes. Who isn't? Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I don't think I am, but <laughs> I don't know. The day is young. Um, and I also don't want things to be too goofy in the sack. Yeah, because and but there are people that like a playful energy. Like I, I'm interested in that people who just want to lay around and frolic and be silly and go. Why don't we try this? Okay, like that. I just have never had that kind of relationship to sex with partners. It's yeah. dirty or it's for money or it's there has to be a little shame happening or fucking. Uh, I don't even like. I like. I don't even like role play. Or, or somebody pretending to be turned on by something. Like, ooh, you're a naughty boy. Let me spank you. Blech. All right. I, we, let's talk in – we, we're going to do the segment and then I want to talk about this Playboy video thing that I reviewed for um, a newspaper a long time ago, which was filled with people um, tittering and giggling in that faux sexy way that All made right. me want to vomit. It's sexy. Okay. Things you never hear people say. Alfred? Yes. Hello. Welcome to I, the show. I feel like I was just uh, eavesdropping on a conversation my mom and my aunt were having yesterday. <laughs> I know. Um, so we're very, it's very it's traditional. Weird deja vu I was having. How are you guys doing? Hi. We're good. Are your mom and aunt Asmen? Are they, they are Asmen? No, I think, I think they're, they're boob guys. Well, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't recall. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be joined with uh, uh, my SiriusXM colleague, Jim Norton. Although I think if I called him a colleague legally, he can sue me. Oh, hi, buddy. What, what do you do for SiriusXM? I didn't know you worked for them. Yeah, Pete Dominic's producer. Also, mo- most famously, Bill Schultz's brother. Oh, okay. Sure, oh, that's sure. right. Of course. Yeah, you and I, Jim and I originally know each other from Red Eye. This yes. Is Bill Schultz's normal brother oh okay you know normal what? thank you allison thank you that's I'm, actually an insult to bill and you sound like bill now that I, now that i hear you talk i can i can hear bill uh or you and bill or bill and you wow that's cool it's really if you meet alfred though it's very strange because he's very anti i mean <laughs> not anti bill like he he dislikes bill because he loves bill like we all do but i just mean he's sort of um, he's not just another bill. And have you? Uh, now, what, what, what you're trying to say more tactfully is that I'm fatter and have less hair. <laughs> so I think everyone's no. fatter than Bill. Yeah, That's yeah. He's he. Yeah, he doesn't look like. Um, you don't look at him and think, "Wow, does he still get his period?" Right. You know, he looks like Fiona. Which Apple. I do, coincidentally enough. You do good. I do. You should feel proud of that. It means you're a woman. 
Okay. Means I can still have a little Alfred Jr. Um, <laughs> so, or Bill Jr. I don't even know what that means. All right. Um, so this is, by the way, after listening to your guys' conversation, this is the most G-rated thing I've ever done right now compared to what you guys were talking about. <laughs> and I feel like my testicles have just sucked up into my body because I feel like a, a, like a prepubescent girl right now saying these. That's so okay. have fun. This is going to be crazy. Um, kids, turn off the radio right now. Um, all right. So it's, uh, all right, so things you never hear people say. My favorite type of food is British. It's funny. It's good. I'm close friends with everyone who wishes me a happy birthday on Facebook. <laughs> Can Joel Schumacher take over the Batman franchise again? I get all of my news from the Bravo channel. And my last one, I'm going to invest in a bookstore. Those are good. They're very enjoyable. You got it because bookstores are doing really badly right I now. Know, I know it's like that was a think piece. It's no, it uh, it hit me on so many levels. I know you'll like, you'll get it like two days from now and start laughing. Yeah, thank you for more of your high concept humor. I know. I'm sorry, it's a little too dirty for you guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. so let's ease up on the salty talk. I know. I know. I really do. I'm blushing show. right now. That's still an interesting concept. Weird things you don't hear people say. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be stuff that's outrageous. It's just. It's it's interesting. That's all. It that's was right. interesting. Thank you. Interested us, Alfred. I enjoyed it. I'm so happy. I I think your conversation before was slightly more interesting about motorboating and ass play, but um, I'll take the compliment. Not if you don't enjoy hearing that kind of stuff, though. Maybe you want to talk about books. Maybe and I don't. That's... though. only ass play. Okay. All right. Well, Alfred, thank you very much, and we will talk thank to you, you shortly soon with more. Basically, I will make you come up with more things you never hear people say. I'm already looking forward to it slash getting nervous over it. And Jim, I'll see you at work slash not see you at work. All right, buddy. So. I'll see you on. Uh, I'll see. I'll be there Monday. Uh, cool. See you guys. Okay. Bye. 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 I love Pete too. Pete Dominic's a good dude. He's a good. Dude. He hosts a political show. He's he's funny. Yes. Um. He's also on CNN, right? Or yes. On MSNBC. I don't know if he still CNN. is CNN. Yeah. I don't think uh, MSNBC is hideous. Go on. Hideous. That's all I had to say. Okay. Where are you politically? In the middle. Um, I I hate the conservatives for their stance on gay marriage and um, all that stuff and people's sexuality. And I hate the liberals for their fucking hypersensitivity and language policing and uh, supposed to be freedom of thought people, but they can't wait to get you fired for, for saying something that they see as homophobic or racist. So basically, I think they all stink. But what about the idea that certain groups you know, don't want to be called this anymore? They want to be called that. And I understand – because I don't have a problem with that. Right. I feel like if that – if if a certain term – and by the way, I just offended the little people community accidentally. Aww. And I felt bad because there was someone in my audience who was a little person. Aww. You are – that's such fake. No, what happened? What did you say? Oh, boy. <laughs> what did you okay. say? All Wait, right. Are you going to allude to the fact that this didn't really happen to the listener's knowledge? Yeah, I may as well just – I'm just – Am I making a mistake, Gary? No, not at all. I'm just going to air it out. We edit, I, this, yeah, we I'll admit, we, I edited something out of the show because I felt bad about it. What? I was talking about, um, I was talking about 
getting caught up in reading negative internet comments and things like, which is kind of an ongoing thing mm-hmm. that I talk about because it bothers me more than it should. And then I, the way you are with masturbating with your limp dick sure. is how I am with seeking out negative comments about myself on sure. the internet. Although I've been very good this week. I've been one day at a timing it and yeah. I, I haven't looked in a little while. Yeah, those are basically the same act, whether you realize it or not. I know. I know. Uh, so anyway, um, a coworker here had said to me, and see, I'm going to have to use the offensive word to say it unless we're going to call it the M word. No, no, no. With uh, lowercase M. Yeah. Said to me a while ago, don't trip over the M word. And it stood out to me as like meaning don't uh, get caught up – like keep, keep the big picture in mind. Don't trip over or don't get caught up in stuff. This is just happening again. I'm just getting sucked down the same rabbit hole where right. I'm now concerned about offending people. Who cares so, if you offend somebody? Right. So anyway, at, at this show, it was a live show, a live version of my podcast. I was like, you know, it's like that phrase, don't trip over mm, or don't something mm, or, don't, you know, like I said it like four times in rapid succession, just almost like I had offensive Tourette's, which all Tourette's is, I think, usually. Sure. Usually people are offensive when they have Tourette's. Uh, and then, anyway, I looked out in the crowd, and there's two of my biggest fans. And No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right. One of my biggest fans, and then a little person. And he reached out and put his hand on her shoulder, like, to comfort her. Did she scream? Her. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going to have to go extra long because we're going to have to cut out a lot of this show too. I'm just kidding. We won't. We're leaving it all in. So anyway, like to comfort her though because my words were offensive or could have been. And then I looked out and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And the thing is that I kind of knew though. Like I knew I was late to this whole uh, awareness that that is not an okay word anymore. I don't know how everyone else knew that. But I my, – my boyfriend and I have been talking about it recently. So I kind of knew. But then we had done a show with Brad Williams uh, who was who a little person comic and he refers to himself as midget. But evidently, therefore, there's backlash against him in the little person community. Uh. So long story short, I just felt like, you know, I – I don't want to be a f- I don't want to be hurting people's feelings. So I took it out because it was so awkward. If I had come out looking good, I would have left it in. Here's the thing with with, with all this uh, and I appreciate that honestly. Here's the th- with all that language stuff. If uh, you're right, it is nothing wrong with uh, a midget wanting to be called something or a black person like but it's when they want someone to get in trouble for not honoring that that I have a problem with. Yeah. Um because it's everyone wants attention. Uh, we all want attention, and that's people's way of getting attention. They pretend they're hurt, and it just whatever happened to someone going, "Hey, that's kind of offensive," and then moving on. Right. Well, yeah. Who that, gives a fuck? That's the thing. She afterwards, you know, I talked to her not about that, but just about other stuff, and she was totally cool. And I actually said, you know, I'm sorry, and and I think. Hopefully, if she walks away with anything, it will be not that I had said something offensive, but that I actually cared whether I did or not. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But I mean, uh, and there's a way to joke about somebody or make fun of somebody without being dehumanizing and awful. Like, uh, and that's what, uh, and people have lost their sense of humor about stuff because they want people to get in trouble. Like Michael Richards, what he did at the the, uh, Laugh Factory was done angrily. So everybody could see the difference between a guy doing something fucking angry and somebody trying to be funny. But special interest groups pretend they don't see the difference. And they act like they don't know there's a difference between humor. They want humor. They're opportunity. 
opportunistic, and so yes. they're just exploiting these yes. these things that people say in order to push their agenda. Yeah, so fuck them. Don't honor it. Ever. And, and, and uh, I'm never apologetic about stuff like that. Ever. Yeah. And I don't care if they're offended. It's too bad. It's not, because I don't buy the offense. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I mean that's the thing that's a, that, that's a shame about all of this language policing happening and what we're talking about with the special interest groups and things is that then when someone actually is full of hate and actually does say something super offensive, it's like you lose the ability to gauge what we should be outraged sure. about. But back to sex. All right. So. <laughs> oh, I will tell, tell one story about okay. that. Yes, please. I did a joke about uh, retarded people. It was about the R word PSA. So I made fun of the PSA. And, uh, you know, look, retarded people, do I think you should do 40 minutes on them? No. But they are, like any other citizen, uh, fair fodder. You know what I mean? If that's all you poke fun at, that's one thing. But don't give me a fucking, well, you, oh, no longer can we talk about the ridiculous. Why? So I would do make fun of this PSA. And I was working with this guy, Shuli. Uh, do you know Shuli? Uh, he's a guy with a weird crew cut and glasses. He works for Sirius. He works on Stern Show. It sounds so familiar. I, I don't know if I do or not. And so this woman comes up at the end to Shuli and says to him, you know, I was very offended at that retarded joke. My son or my grandson is mentally challenged and blah, blah, blah. And she went on this whole thing about how she didn't think it was appropriate. And of course, she's, the irony was that she said it to the wrong person. Um, but then I, <laughs> I, I, I jumped in and I go, no, it was me. And, uh, <laughs> but I didn't apologize for it. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry you were offended, but I do it because you didn't – like. Uh, ever, if I worried about that, I yeah. couldn't make fun of anything. I'm like because I made fun of Islam. I made fun of, uh, uh, of, of racial profiling. I made fun of blacks. I made fun of my own self, my own su- – it was like that was just one of many things and you didn't object to any of these other things. So everyone has a thing basically. Yeah. So I wouldn't apologize to her. And I didn't – you know, I didn't – good for you. I don't – my fucking – I've had friends I love die of AIDS. I'll still make fun of AIDS. I've tried to kill myself. I'll still make fun of suicide. I'm a sex addict. I'll make fun of that. So Well, I mean it, yeah. It's kind of missing the point of comedy which oftentimes is to Hurt. cast oh. these <laughs> – <laughs> Right. To offend. No, to cast these things which are – which are, you know, hot issues and painful things, and and allow people to laugh about right. them, and so to try to whitewash, or whatever word wash that is, uh, is a shame. Yes. But the retarded thing, uh, I'm sad to see that word go. That's a rough one. Because I like the word fucktarded a lot, and I've got to throw that one out too. No, you know, how many words are you going to throw out? Uh, fucktarded, retarded, and midget. That's a lot. Those are big ones. I know. The fucking big They're ones. Powerful good ones. Ugh. Can you just throw What am out I gonna some, replace them with? How about you throw out words like asparagus? Oh, but some, no, but I talk about asparagus pee a lot. Well then I again need that one. Then that's a that, that's a sacrifice. But you're never gonna need that in an insult moment. Like if you get rid of asparagus, I can't talk about asparagus pee, so you're kinda taking the bullet for the cause. But you're never going to cut off and yell, you fucking asparagus, or you don't act like an asparagus. <laughs> so you still have that. Does that make any sense? No, it does. But it's I, – I, I can't let go of – it's going to be harder for me to let go of asparagus than the other one. Oh, no, you know what? Okay. I think I'm claiming all of them. I don't know. I, it's changed. It depends yeah, on my mood. You can really. be nice, but you don't have to give words up. You never want to give words up. Just yeah. use them when they're needed. They're words. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's true. Of course it's true. Yeah. Can't, ever since the NAACP had the uh, 
had the funeral, uh, you know, everyone's been so afraid. Oh, my God. He said the N-word. Like, I get that word is a rough one. And, you you know, on stage, I will only use it if I'm actually quoting somebody. Um, and it's legit. I don't try to sneak it in just so I can be the white guy who gets away with it. But enough already with the obsession. Like, if you say it, the fucking ceiling's going to collapse. Enough. If you say it in a room full of black people, you're going to get punched in the face. That's the rules. We all know the rules. Have you been punched in the face over things you said on stage? No, never. Because I don't just – I'm not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and I'm not a bully. Like, uh, I, I, I won't see somebody in a wheelchair and go like, ha, 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 all turn up legs or whatever you'd say to somebody in a wheelchair <laughs> or nice brand new pristine shoes, of course, or, you know, whatever horrible comment you'd like to make to somebody in a wheelchair, um, you know, but I, I, I don't, <laughs> whatever else you might want to do. But, uh, I forget I lost my point. I just enjoyed that little thing so much. I just lost my point. <laughs> okay. You don't insult the sh- the non-scuffed shoes. Oh yeah, the perfectly the perfect fucking sneakers with the tags still in them. Hey, those are fucking original Air Jordans with the tags in them. You and those fucking things below your knees. All right. You and I share a love of Alan Alda. Oh, I love Alan I Alda. Do too. I think we talked about yes, this once. Yes. Yes. My Alan Alda impression. That's good. That no, that was that was so Hawkeye. Thank you. Uh, do you like all of Alan Alda? I do. The whole Alan Alda oeuvre? Uh, collection And I or, can't say that word. That's speaking of words, I can't say that word without sounding kind of like an I don't asshole. know that word. O-E-U-V-R-E. It's an awful Body word. of work. Yeah. yeah I would you know just what? say body Goodbye of work. Goodbye to that word. Oof stinks. I would just say Alan Alda. Uh, from cradle to grave. Um, I like his, uh, I love them as Hawkeye and MASH, of course. I love them in the four seasons with, uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, who played? Oh, Cal Burnett. I'm sorry, it was Cal Burnett who played his uh, his wife, and that he was fucking phenomenal. He's phenomenal in everything. I saw him on Broadway. I saw him in uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. He played Shelley. I'm he so played jealous. Jack Lemmon's role. And I finally met him, and I got a picture with him. I stalked him at a book signing, and my friend took a picture, and I wanted to get it signed. And uh, Louis C.K. did a uh, an independent film with Alan Alda, and I was so jealous. So Louis going to the cast party. And, and he goes, you can come with me if you want. I'm like, yeah. So he goes, I don't think Alan's going to be there. But I brought my picture anyway. So Louis's like, hey, I'm not going to go to the cast party. I'm going to go to dinner with Chris Rock. You want to come? I'm like, yeah. Like I, I fucking. So I'm sitting down at dinner. With, I'm, and Louis and Chris are good friends. I know Chris casually. Not well enough to go to dinner with him. And they're having dinner. And I'm with them. And then Matthew Broderick comes and sits down. So I'm at a table with my what buddy. A bizarre group. A very bizarre fucking group. And I'm not bragging because they were there for Louie, not me. And then Louie goes, as we're going, goes, hey, man, uh, we're actually going to go to the cast party. Alan's going to be there. So I go to the cast party and there's Alan Alda at the bar. It's a very intimate group of only performers and co- directors and producers. And you. And me with my fucking photo to get signed. <laughs> but I didn't want to embarrass Louie. So Louie walked right up to him. He goes, hey, my friend's a comedian. And he introduced me and Alan had heard Opie and Anthony when Louis was on and he liked the show. He's like, it was smarter than I would expect it to be. And Louis said, would you sign his picture? And it was me and him together. And he, uh, he goes, oh, I, I only signed for uh, police officers, firemen and comedians. So he goes, yeah, OK. And he signed it. Uh, Dear Jim, I'm your biggest fan, Alan Alda. So I have that, I have that displayed um, 
in my living room. And I, I, the frame I bought had a fucking piece of like sticky stuff on it. So it almost ripped my autograph <gasps> picture. But I did fix it. So there's only a tiny, tiny blemish. But that would have been a suicidal moment. Yeah. But I fixed it. It's fine. You take photos with all celebrities you come in contact with. I yes? do. Yeah. Very few have I not. I've met De Niro twice and I have no picture with him. I truly am an asshole. But after that, that's everyone else I get. Do you use um, a digital camera? Yes. And then what, like, what's your pro- – do you actually print out the photos? If I'm going to meet them to be signed, um, I will. Like you know, it depends on the person. On most of my photos, I have 1,000, 2,000. I mean there's no way to do it. But um, – you know, sure, I'll print uh, – like if, I, if we're going to interview somebody, or I get a talent list every week at SiriusXM. So if someone's going to be there that I want to meet, I'll print it out. I mean that I want to get my picture signed and I'll have them sign it, yeah. And they're all cool with this? Not Normally. Jeter was a dick. Do I've you happen fo- to have a picture of you with any Jonas Brothers? I have all three of them together. What about Nick? Uh, yes. Nick? You better explain why you're asking soon. Something happened in an airport? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, Anthony got me good. I was, uh, I was uh, in the bar. We were all traveling to Cleveland. And I'm such an ass because Anthony and this guy, Travis, our producer, kept saying, that's Nick Jonas. And I'm like, he looks kind of fucking young to be Nick Jonas. At, the, at like a table at the airport bar, but at a table part. And I'm like, no, no, that's him. That's him. <clears throat> and, I, and I met all the Jonas brothers. I did Leno with them. And uh, they kept trying to get me to go over and say hi to him. And I was like, ah. And then as we're walking away, I'm like, why don't I? I'm like, I really do. This is, I meet people. I get a photo. And I never interact with them again. I just get the picture. Like I was doing Leno one time and Ben Affleck was there. And he was doing it as well. And uh, he comes in the dressing room. He goes, hey, man, I just want to introduce myself. And he wanted to hang out and chat. I'm like, oh, cool. Can we take a picture together? And he goes, all right. So we took the picture and I just sat down and ignored him. And he left. Like, I don't know how to interact with people. It's just like, I get, I get the picture and I'm done with you. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to go up and say hi to him. And I'm like, uh, I woke up. I go, hey, man, uh, are you Nick? And he goes, no. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, oh, that was a mistake. And I look. And- now, for me, that would be like more awkward than if it had been him, right? Even though who cares about this other person? Well, I said – here's what got me is I said, are you Nick? And I turned and I look and Anthony is filming me and laughing at me and I realized these motherfuckers got me really good. Uh, they set me up and I fell for it and the kid was with his father. So he probably thought I said, hey, can I blow you in the restroom? You know, he probably thought I asked him some creepy question. So they nailed me really good. Where's this footage now? Uh, Anthony has it. It's online. You can find it. I just You can see it and you can hear them laughing and they got, it was very embarrassing. We'll put it on this episode's page. It's on oh, YouTube. Good, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Have they you got. seen it yet? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I will, and we'll uh, put it on this episode's that's page. That's some appointment viewing. <laughs> so where? So do you put these photos up around your apartment? Some I do. The one, the only ones I have in my apartment, I have the Alda. I have me and George Carlin. I'm dressed as an altar boy. He's dressed as a priest. We did a sketch in Tough Crowd together, and I performed on Tough Crowd with him. That's one of my great ones, and he signed that. So I have that displayed in 8x10. I have uh, me and Alda 8x10, me, Opie Anthony, and the Iron Sheik because the Iron Sheik pissed his pants. So he's standing there. I'm holding his belt, and he has a gigantic stain in the front of his pants because he really did piss his pants. I got the Sheik to sign that. My photo with Imus that I have signed um, – I have that displayed, and the first time I met Ozzy Osbourne in 1997, I have that signed and displayed in 8x10. My fucking Sabbath photo, I have a photo. Are they with, your favorite? By far my favorite. It's a giant 30x20 printout 
of me and the original four members of Black Sabbath. I'm standing between like two on each side of me and they're all holding their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame trophies and they all signed it. It's the greatest fucking celebrity photo I'll ever get. How do you feel about the Osborne spawn? I'm sorry? The uh, like Kelly Osborne, Jack Osborne. I mean, Sharon Osborne. I love them. I mean, I really do like them a lot. It's like I think they've gotten a bad rap. Like, um, like Jack's a nice guy. Like, I don't know him well, but I've interviewed him and I've I've talked to him, and and, and like he's surprisingly down to earth, mm-hmm. and he wants to just go off and produce. And you know, he's got MS now, so he's talking about that publicly. And you know, Sharon gets uh, people are like, oh, Sharon's a witch, but Sharon saved Ozzy's life, like. You know, when Ozzy got booed out of Sabbath, he was laying in a fucking hotel with, like, I guess a pizza box on his chest just doing dope. And Sharon came and got him and fucking took him out of his contract and, and, and built him up and helped him find Randy Rhodes. It's like the rap she gets is, oh, she makes him do all this. But I firmly believe that his talent is what it is. But to direct him, I don't think Ozzy would have ever gone where he went without Sharon behind him. Um and I really believe that. And she's fiercely protective of Ozzy. Like anybody who badmouths him, she motherfucking knows it. Like she, she really protects him. And, uh, you know, I think that – I don't think that he would be where he is now without her at all. And Kelly? Met Kelly once. That was 2002. It was right after Sharon announced she had cancer. We interviewed Kelly uh, on Opie and Anthony, a live event in Philly. And they said, just don't ask her about Sharon's cancer because she's upset about it or whatever. And I asked her how her mom was doing. She goes, oh, she's okay. You know, she was, she was, again, she was nice. And I saw her once after that and she said hello. So I've had very little interaction with them. Um, Ozzy, I, I fucking love and uh, Sharon I love. Is there anyone who wouldn't let you take a photo with them? Uh, yeah, De Niro said no the first time I asked him. Uh, he wasn't a dick though. It was at Billy Crystal's. Uh, 700 Sundays premiere and they said don't bring any cameras so of course I brought a fucking camera and I didn't know De Niro would be there so I walk up to him and I, I, I've told this story before but I, I tapped his forearm and I was like Bob uh, and I honest to God thought that if I called him Bob he wouldn't realize that we've never met like, I figured he would assume we've worked together because he's so famous and I'm like can I take a picture with you and he goes no um, but he wasn't a jerk off he shook my hand and he goes I just want to go say hi to Billy if I take one picture, a lot of people might ask. Yeah. And, and the second time was at the Comedy Cellar. He was with Jeff Ross and they were doing a project together. They were writing something and I should have been selfish and taken the photo because De Niro saw me perform. He was in the audience and I'm performing and I heard at one point, ah! like the fucking Rupert <laughs> Pupkin Cape Fear laugh. Uh. I heard it and it threw me like I tripped on my next joke. Right. But it was a genuine laugh. It was a small Tuesday night crowd. No. Seven o'clock on a Saturday. It was the early show. There's nobody there. It was fucking 40 people there. And uh, I didn't ask him, even though we shook hands and he said I was very funny and he was nice to me because I wanted him to be comfortable to come back to the cellar. I didn't mm-hmm. want to fuck up Jeff's thing. Yeah. You know, because I love nice. Je- I love Jeff Ross and Jeff Ross got me on the Gene Simmons row. So I love Jeff Ross. So I, any other comic, I would have stepped over their fucking rotting body to get the picture. But Jeff, I figured I owed that courtesy to. What project were they working on? I don't know. They were writing something. And Denier was doing research about a year ago. They might even still be doing it. I don't know. I mean, uh, I just – I haven't seen De Niro since, so I should have done it. And if he dies, I'll always regret it. I will fucking dive bomb the casket and get that picture. Good. You should go now. I know. You never know. I have a topic sombrero topic. What does that mean? 
Well, we usually have – oh, I don't want – no, I just I just admitted it. Usually there's a sombrero in here and Ooh. we have a lot of topics in it. Um, but lately – and then we pull them out and, you oh. know, it's a it's a it's something that people uh, wrote into the show and wanted to hear about. However, lately I've just been taking them from email sure. and you can write to the show at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCrowell.com. So I, um, I'm going off hat. Sure. But the listeners didn't need to know that, but I needed – to say that. To confess it because you were afraid if you said it that way, I'd be a dick and, and, and say that you were lying, which I wouldn't have. I wouldn't no, have it, you. it wasn't even that. It was just that I um, am completely unable to not say things that um, Gary's pointing at me nodding. See, I had to call – I had to say – I had to announce that Gary was pointing at me. Yeah. I just have no game face. Okay. okay. And we have a song. It's the topic – Topic Sombrero We asked for topics and you sent them in It's the Topic Topic Sombrero Now pick the topic and let's begin It's the Topic Sombrero It's an original tune. It's an excellent song. Thank you. Uh, Okay. Do you think most great ideas come from altered states of mind, i.e. drugs, alcohol? I ask this because I think most of my profound ideas come from these altered states. And I wonder if our world has been transformed for the worse because the business world, much unlike the world of madmen, has boohooed and shunned the art of drinking on the job and because movements like Occupy seem to forget the joy of a movement and worry too much about the end result. FYI, this email was written in an an altered state. No, I think it's a common thing, and, it, and it's a way to feel good about getting high. I'm, I'm sure plenty of brilliant the idea ideas. that it allows you to be creative. Sure, uh, instead of people realizing I just like to be high. But yeah. like Rogan, I talked to Joe yesterday, and he genuinely is a creative, smart thinker who smokes fucking a lot of dope. So I mean, for him, it works. But Stephen Hawking, no one has better ideas than Stephen Hawking's. No one has better ideas than Einstein. Um, no one had better ideas than Bobby Fischer in chess or Gary Kasparov or, or fucking Vladimir Kramnik. And none of these guys are fucking smoking dope. They're all sober guys. We're pretty – at least they seem so to me in, in, in totally coherent states of mind even though Fischer was crazy. But no, uh, I, I think Stephen Hawking who theorized bl- – if he didn't fucking get high to theorize wormholes. Yeah. Then there's no such thing as a more interesting idea coming from getting high. Do you think if you were to take these people – like let's say Rogan or someone like Rogan and they didn't smoke pot, they might actually be more productive and more creative and more all those things? No, I don't know, Joe, because Joe is such an alpha male fucking like monkey-handed fucking guy. Like Joe's a – I think that pot – plus he gets his aggression out working out. But Joe's such a – he's an intense fucking powerful dude. So I think pot probably mellows that savage instinct and allows him to embrace that part of himself. Whereas if he didn't get high, he would probably just have all this fucking testosterone to work off. So he's one of those guys that might actually be true with. Mm-hmm. And he feels it is so. And he has some pretty creative ideas. When you talk to him about drugs, like he's a smart dude. So it, it might work that way for him. So, But to go back to what we were saying before, you've been sober since you were 18. 18, yeah. But you – Consider yourself a sex addict? Oh, yeah, of course. Is that something that you've tried to get treatment for or that you think you should? Or I've gone to uh, certain 12-step meetings for it and I know that it's the last one I'm holding on to. Like, you know, it's it's the, the hardest one by far. 
Because that's what I was going to say is because when you become sober, you start to become very aware of when you're using a substance, uh, you know, whether it's a traditional like a prosaic thing that people are addicted to or just a thing that you get addicted to. You're aware when you're exercising that compulsion in you. So you must be very aware of when you're using things to escape. Yeah, because the alcohol and drugs, I mean, are the deadliest. Um, but it's like you can be abstinent from them. I'm abstinent from them. Food's a hard one. Like, you know, compulsive overeating is very fucking difficult because you have to do it. That's like if I had to take a sip of alcohol every day or do one line of Coke, it'd be impossible. Sex is like food in that where you need it. You can't avoid it because sexual thoughts start the acting. It's really hard, but I use it for everything and I catch myself. It's a constant numbing. It's a it's a dopamine drip. It's like a fucking hamster when they run over and they're just drinking that little water drip. You know, it's a constant thing. But I sleep better when I'm not jacking off. I sleep better when I'm not acting out sexually. What it, do you think that's about? It just does something with my wiring. Like it just makes your fucking head in that weird place and uh, I sleep a lot better. Like I would go like 17 days one time without jerking off, which for me is a lifetime. And my sleep was a lot better. I was reluctant. But that first time you do it when you're, oh, boy, is that a good one. Like the first time you jack after three weeks, it's fucking unbelievable. Well, see, the way that you sleep better when you're not jacking off and that you're just, it sounds like a little more settled and centered when you're not uh, pursuing the sexual high, right. let's say, is sort of like how I gave up dating for, I'm in a relationship now, but I gave up dating and all of that for, God, I think it was about, Four years, um, because you were totally, ab- like totally abstinent. Not in- no, not entirely. But I really became comfortable with not being in a relationship, and with like I would go to a restaurant and I would see couples. And whereas in the past, maybe I would look at that and think, "Oh, I want that." I would just look at that and think, "Oh, thank God, I got out of my last relationship." It's right. like you know that feeling when you first break up fr- uh, with someone that you were. It was an overdue breakup. Sure. And if you're the one who broke up, that feeling of like, oh, sweet freedom. Thank God I'm out of that thing. And that usually goes away in time and then you uh, you know, have a period of whatever and then you want to be in a relationship again or you meet someone. Well, for me, that that phase of just being so happy to be out of it lasted for years. And I was actually worried about it. And then I just – the thing is that I had had so much trouble – Dating because I used to be attracted to the wrong kind of people and then I um, w- I was very methodical after I went through years of acting out in that way. I was very methodical about, OK, I'm just going to go for the nice guy, the guy who on paper would be right even if I don't feel you know this magnetic attraction because the magnetic attraction, that must be a sign that uh, there's something neurotic or unhealthy about it. So I'm just going to date the nice guy or right. the right guy. And then when I did that a couple of times and that didn't work out, I thought, oh, fuck it. It's too hard. And, you know, and I and I don't want to be in my head about it. I just want to do what feels right, but I don't trust what feels sure. right. So fuck it all. Um, and I really was more productive and more centered and happier when I was the only thing that was affecting my emotions. Right. And, right. But, the, you know, and, and then I did, you know, now I am in a relationship and I am How happy long? in the relationship. It's been, a, it's been a little over a year now. Oh, okay, that's well. Yeah. But, but I, there is something that happened recently in this relationship. It's the first time this has happened in this relationship, which is I found myself angry at my boyfriend for no reason. 
and I couldn't I could not figure it out. Like there was a thing that had happened that I thought I could trace it to that. Maybe it's that, but I don't but he didn't do anything wrong and I don't know if it's that. And it was really driving me nuts because he would be talking to me and I would be mocking him in my head and thinking, why? Why do I have this rage? Well, rage is too strong. Why do I have this? Irritation? Yeah, I guess. And I think I kind of, you know, I, I talked to my therapist and I kind of worked through some of it and I have a little more closure on well, why understanding you? on that. Um, I, he and I had uh, been spending a lot of time together and he had been with so what happened was I was doing a live version of um, of my podcast and I said to him do you want to go together and you know do you think you can be at my apartment in time or my house in time and he said yes he's driving from the west side he's he's battling traffic but he said he could and then all of a sudden it was a little later than I then you know, it, it should have been for me to get there in time. And he was stuck in Hollywood Bowl traffic. And he's like, I'm really, I don't think I'm going to get there in time. I'm like, okay, fine. So I said, you know, I'll just meet you there. And I was like, fuck, because if I was going to drive myself, I should have left a lot sooner. Um, and I just, I'm a nervous driver. I don't like having to figure out where to put my car. Just like, uh, Uh, Heaven to me is having someone else drive me. And I think that I should have been more clear from the beginning that I want to – that do you want to go together means will you drive me, you know. Um, And and if I had really wanted to not drive, I should have taken – I should have – I should have asked Gary if we could go together or something because – or I just should have left a lot sooner so that I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I'm supposed to be on stage in three minutes and I have to spin all these plates because I have all these guests on the show and blah, 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 blah and I'm still trying to parallel park or whatever. So anyway, um, I drove myself and I tried to to go the way I normally would because of the goddamn Hollywood Bowl. I couldn't go that way so then I had to like go up this narrow – street and there were these four cars trying to come the other way and I don't know who really had the right of way but I ended up having to drive in reverse down the hill with all of them glaring at me because like I maybe I should have just slammed on the brakes and stood my ground and stared them down and made them back up and move out of the way but I didn't have the balls to do that so I just felt ill-equipped to handle the situation so I was driving in reverse down the hill thinking and now I'm getting later and later I scraped the side of my car against a chain link fence and I was just like almost shaking I spilled coffee on myself I finally get to the show um, and he shows up and I just was kind of like as much as I knew he didn't do anything wrong he couldn't control the traffic he did allow enough time he truly thought he was trying to get there in time emotionally I was acting like like what good are you to me and I couldn't control it that was the hardest thing is that I didn't want to be punishing him in this way by giving him the cold shoulder but I just couldn't I couldn't dial it back did he apologize yeah he felt bad I mean maybe but it was like he could tell that I was kind of in this frenzied pre-show state there wasn't a lot of like there wasn't a big like falling on his sword kind of thing at that moment Maybe that's the wrong uh, metaphor. There wasn't a lot of that at that moment, but I knew that he felt bad. Yeah. Um, so I think then then there's more more to the night, um, but I the more I was trying to not uh, show my irritation or my anger because I was thinking, what the hell's going on? I don't really have a reason. You know, everything's good between us. I don't have a reason to be angry. I think the more that was creating this, um, this, this 
agitation in me, A. Is he normally late? No. Okay. No, no. Uh, but anyway, I think what I realized is um, he and I had been spending a lot of time together. Like we just took a trip together and he w- had been with me while I was getting ready for shows um, a lot of times. And I think without being – and sort of – you know, I have like my pre-show ritual and stuff. Um, but he had been there for that and it had been, it had gone really smoothly. And I think that I just, without being aware of it, began to rely on him to be there when oh, okay. I'm in my nervous pre-performance sure. state, which is very antithetical to my whole, I don't ever want to depend on anyone ever again thing. Like, I think that's part of what my anger was, was that I was like, wait a minute, in those four years, <laughs> Part of that whole thing, part of my not wanting to be in a relationship was I don't want to be dependent on someone. I don't want to have expectations and then be disappointed. If I take care of everything myself, then this won't happen. And and without even being aware, um, I think I had begun to be comfortable being a team with him. And so then when he dropped the ball through no fault of his own, I think emotionally I, f- I had this rebound like – kind of fuck you kind of thing. And then we had a conversation. He's not going to be thrilled with the fact that I'm talking about it in this much detail here, but I'm sorry. Anyway, we had a conversation about it and he was saying, you know, we have to be able to get, get upset with each other or be disappointed, you know, disappoint each other. And it's just like, I love you and we're going to work through this as opposed to the stakes being the relationship. And I nodded, but in my head I was thinking, yeah, fuck you. That's like every girlfriend I've ever dated that said the same thing he just said. It's a, yeah, it's amazing. The stakes are too high. It's I, but, but I don't want – I mean I don't – mentally, I don't – mentally I still feel totally great about the relationship. It's that emotionally the stakes go to fuck you. I'm hurt. I'm pulling into myself. Fuck. There's a lot of fuck you going on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry. You were saying that. Uh, no, no, that's okay. No, you were saying that every uh, woman you've dated, you've had that conversation where sure. the stakes shouldn't be the relationship. Yeah, if she makes me upset, then it's like fuck her. She's dead to me. It's just stupid. Yeah, what do you think that is? It's childish. It's spoiled. Um, it's irrational, and uh, I kind of like the feeling of something being wrong. I'm a. I've become addicted to that weighted, yeah, awful feeling. Like I function more comfortably. When shit is hitting the fan, then a lot of times I do when things are good. So do you think you sabotage relationships? Oh, God, yeah. Of course. What's the long – have you been in a healthy relationship? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the girls were usually pretty healthy or – my ex-girlfriend was kind of crazy, but she was a great girlfriend. We were together for well over two years. Um, the girl before that, year and a half, nice girl. Um, but I sabotage them, sure. How? I get angry too fast. I'm irrational. I don't forgive. I expect to be forgiven but I don't forgive. Um, I start talking to other women or I start intriguing sexually um, even when I don't want to fuck other women. It's like I'm just – I don't like to give one person all of that. Right. You're hedging your bets kind of. Hedging my bets. And destroying your relationship maybe. In the process, sure. Have you cheated? Yes. Sure. Have you not cheated? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your take on monogamy? Uh, it's like anything else. I, I want it for me. I want them to be monogamous and I want to be able to fuck whoever I want. I mean but the reality is I get – I think that with the times I cheated, I was wrong. I mean I was dishonest. If I had been in open relationships, that would have been fine. So uh, cheating's bad because it's dishonest. You know what I mean? It's, it's lying and uh, I was wrong whenever I did it. 
Did you see? I think there's this idea that men cheat because of the way they're wired and because of opportunity, whereas women cheat because something is wrong in the relationship. Um, that's the that's sort of some conventional wisdom on it. Like when a woman cheats, it's it usually is an indication that there's some fundamental wrong thing happening. Whereas a guy. It can be fine. He's just on a trip, and you know there's a hot uh, right. flight attendant or whatever. So, but for you, when you cheated, what was it? Same thing: opportunity, the desire just to do something, to not feel tied down, um, and selfish. I want what I want when I want it. You know, I mean, sometimes that is it. But that theory about men and women cheating is general. It's a generalization, but it's true. I mean, um, men are more likely to risk everything on some random lousy fuck. Than a woman is. I'm not saying never women don't, but women are much less likely to do that because women pick who they want to fuck. Men kind of fuck who picks us to let us fuck them. Mm-hmm. So we, we grab opportunities a lot more often than women do randomly. Do you want a family and kids? I don't know. I'm 43. Uh, I don't have any real pressing desire for it. I wouldn't say it's never, but no, I don't feel obligated. Are women um, ever put off by – your uh, perversions. Yeah, of course. I get that. That's the best text you can get from a girl. You just started dating. I googled you. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, that's never good. Um, sure they are, but I like to be honest about it because if not, they're going to bore me sexually anyway. Like, or I'm going to be freak, freak them out or be weird, or they're not going to turn me on, or I'm not going to turn them on. I envy healthy people. Like, I'm not emotionally healthy, and there's people that literally just like a hard pounding fuck with no talk. Like just a face in the neck. I'm like, why? Like, that would do nothing for I, – like I, there's no bells or whistles. They don't need smoke and mirrors. They can just lay in bed and have a nice little kiss and a good fuck and that's just not me. I need everything else around it. Is all the bells and whistles and smoke and mirrors to avoid intimacy? What do you think it is? I'm yawning because I've been up since five, not because I'm bored. Um I'm just tired. Uh, yeah, I don't know. In, avoiding intimacy is part of it. Uh, ADD or constantly needed stimulation is also part of it. But avoiding intimacy probably is a big part of it. Sure, it's like if I don't give it all to you, if I'm spreading it out, among, if I'm spreading it out among people, I don't have to give it all to you. Mm-hmm. And then you know, one person can't take it all away. But it also is the same reason I would hate to look at algebra for too long. You know, I just have a short attention span. And uh, my ex girlfriend knew how to keep my attention. She was dirty. Uh, we didn't break up because of that. I mean, uh, I intrigue texted with other girls, but there was nothing. Wait, what? This that's the second time you've said intrigue. Oh, in just this talking, that I talking dirty with someone who I'm not fucking, and I'm really not gonna fuck. Just like oh, getting okay. like little intrigue, sexy right. texts, just to jerk off to or whatever. But and just to see if I can to use it as a drug, but actually somebody I'm not gonna fuck because um, my ex was a great fuck. You know, we fought a lot. And I wrecked the relationship because she always knew something was wrong. You know, she was like a fucking gypsy. Like she always knew when something was wrong. Um, but there was a lot of shit she did too that I, that was not cool. So She knew when something was wrong like when you were – Well, she could tell when I had been up to something. Like uh, even if it wasn't anything like, – again, I wasn't fucking anybody. But even if it was like just I had been talking to somebody or I had been watching porn and not wanting to fuck her and like – she just knew, um, and then she had. Were her you guys own. living together? No, she stayed with me a lot, but no, he didn't like it. I've never lived with anybody. I don't want to. But it's part of that because I like to jerk off. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, do the girls have a problem with you jerking off, though? Um, I never lie about it. Uh, when I stop fucking them, they do. You know, when they yeah. realize that they want to get laid and, uh, you know, I'm not having sex with them then. But um, I try to bring them into what turns me on so we can watch it together because I'm dirty. So it's like I want to know that they're dirty too. I don't want to – I don't want to feel like I have to – my friend's wife told me and uh, she's like, he's just – he masturbates all the time and I get so mad. And I'm like, well, he doesn't include you in it because he's jerking off to something that makes him feel ashamed and he thinks that you're going to shame him. So go in there and suck his dick while he's watching God, it. God, you're like the masturbation whisperer. I really am. You know, I, I know how to get people's fucking sex lives back on track. Just don't do what I did. You know, you should uh, – if, if you're with somebody and they have to masturbate when you're not there, sometimes you just like to be alone and jerk off and that's fair. And fantasize and stuff and they're not included. But if they're always watching porn that you're not a part of, then they probably just don't want you to know something about their sexuality. So I asked them to open up about it. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Fuck. I had it's to get okay. up. So you it out. But yeah, I hate it. I had to get up and do phoners today. This fucking long day, man. Phoners for the special? Yeah, just promoting it and stuff, you know, and all these fucking radio, you know. Just shit you got to do when you're promoting. That was all super boring though as opposed to this, which is lighting up your world. I'm enjoying this. One-on-ones are, are fine. I'm in the room with you. It's great. The radio ones were fine, but they were done by 1230. Um, and then I just had to kind of pack. and ha- You know what I mean? It was like one of those days where it's a long day. Yeah. A lot of hurry up and wait. It's <laughs> a showbiz term. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's do some Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something. This is where people send us things that they do or think, where they wonder, is it just me or everyone? And we're going to put those up on the screen. I actually have one, which could have been a topic sombrero, or it could have been something I talked about at the beginning of the show, actually. Uh, I have come to discover that perhaps the way I shower is different than the way everyone else does. I don't get wet. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I. it started because I tweeted, what's the point of the in-the-shower towel bar? And then people the, – the, it's for three things evidently, old people, fucking, or washcloths. What's and a towel bar? The, oh, you know, the, the whole thing you, okay. No, the thing no. you hang your towel on. Oh, in the shower. Okay. Have you seen some showers, sure. especially in hotels or in old New York apartments, have a, a thing to hang a towel on in the shower? And I was like, what's the point? It's just going to get wet. But evidently, it's where you put your washcloth after you've used it. Sure. Now, I was like, does I don't use a washcloth in the shower. Or no, I didn't reveal that yet. I think I was talking with Adam about it, and I think he said that, well – well, sure, to wash my ass. That's what he said. And I was like, oh, my God, does everyone else not touch their ass with their hands and soap? Do they use a washcloth? Um, and am I, am I doing something weird? And then on Twitter, they, no one could believe that I don't use a washcloth. And by the way, years ago, my friend Corinne, who's very girly, couldn't believe that I don't exfoliate regularly. So, you know. She convinced me that I had to get an exfoliation puff or something because all girls have to have those. So anyway, and this is a real quote. Someone said, you really don't use a washcloth? Don't you – I repeat this verbatim. Don't you get dookie under your fingernails? Now, the shower is not the first line of defense for cleaning my ass. Right. Like I – you know, you'd, it's pretty clean by the time I'm washing it. It's just sure. more sort of – just uh, just is a perfunctory thing I do in the shower. Right. But the general cleaning up happens 
on the bidet. Yeah. I don't have a bidet. Oh, yeah, but you you, you wipe good. Uh, yeah, and hopefully <laughs> that's use what some, I'm saying. Uh, hopefully, use some wipes. Some. Uh, so I, I sometimes I do. I will I will help myself to a wipe sometimes. Um, nothing wrong with that. Um, I like to. I never use a washcloth. Thank occasionally, you. I, no, you know what? Of course, I I'm comparing myself to someone who's not that normal. Yeah, but in a hotel, I will occasionally. I don't. I have Why? wash. Just because it's there. Okay. Um, I like to wash thoroughly for the genital and butt region. Everything, but okay. it, usually I'll just use soap in my hand. Fucking, I start off with the chest, work my way down the side. I'll usually do my legs. I make sure I wash under my feet just because I go to the gym. So you want to get anything off. And I'll do, and I'll rinse out the toes so I don't slip and fucking paralyze myself. Mm, smart. Wash off the other foot immediately. Back up the leg, under the balls, the cock, and then uh, I deep wash the asshole. My ass is always <laughs> clean because uh, I have very little ass hair, and I'm a fucking I'm Willy Wipe when I'm on the bowl. I mean, I like I, I put one foot up on the bowl. And one foot. It's like a statue almost. I have one foot on the bowl. It's like the thinker. Yeah, No, because I'm standing. And I have one foot there and I actually arch my ass back and I dig in. Like I, I want it to be – the paper has to be empty when I'm finished. I like a clean ass. You Do you go through a lot of paper? A decent amount. I, but I, I mean I get my ass very clean and yeah. occasionally I'll use a wipe if I have it too. Do you ever draw blood? Um, no. I don't do it uh, angrily or that deep. I mean, but I put pay. I'm weird. I'll actually wrap toilet paper on my finger and push it into my ass. I go up, but not far, but just deep enough. I, I did wince. I clean it. But I understand. I clean it. I like my ass eating. And if anyone, if I have a surprise ass eating, I want to make sure that I've, <laughs> I've done my homework. <laughs> yeah. How often does that happen? Very rarely. Usually you can shower first, but you never know. And you never want to have a, 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 you don't want your asshole to need a tremendous amount of maintenance in the shower. Like you don't want to go in there right. with only one out of ten steps finished. No. You want it to be clean anyway. And then the shower is just icing on the cake. Like that's just getting yeah. out. And you know, so that's uh, that's uh, how I do it. D- Gary, do you use a washcloth? No, I haven't uh, a long, long time. Ask the guy and the other guy in the room. Who, Jonathan? My washcloth? Manager? Not really. No Not guy. really. No, but he doesn't. He has a gigantic dick, and he doesn't. Uh, he just likes to handle it. His big balls. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> no, I understand. He wouldn't want to deprive himself the opportunity. That is what it is, too. He likes. He actually soaps up and he puts the soap back in the dish and then just admires and cleans his penis. It's massive. See, I can't decide if this washcloth thing, this thing that everyone else is using evidently except for us, is about cleanliness or about shame. What do you that's mean? Because that's meaning people who are afraid to touch themselves. I just think it's cleanliness. Uh, honestly, I think it's just a thing you grow up with and you're taught that a washcloth. It's for washcloth. And maybe with big families, oh, but they might share a washcloth. By black people that like d- washcloths yeah, more than that, white people. Yeah, yeah. the guy who uh, asked me if I'd get dookie under my fingernails. Yeah, it's a black person word anyway. But it's probably black. The black it people was use a black washcloth. guy, yeah. But I'm wondering if it's a lot of a family sharing a soap. Everyone has their own washcloth maybe, so you're not all rubbing the same soap on ten different bodies. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is. I, maybe. maybe it's just a cultural thing. Maybe. You raise, hey, we always use a washcloth, whatever we shower. What, I, I don't know. Right. Like some people use washing mitts. I know this because this is the kind of person I am. I Googled washcloth to just find out a little more about it. <laughs> a washing mitt? Yeah, there's a <laughs> thing awful. called – I just wanted to I now know. I want to see your whole Google search history because I think it would be the greatest thing ever. Oh, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I Google a lot of, of just very standard things just because I want to see what the internet has to say about that. Uh, all right. 
Let's see here. Um, mm, 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 mm. B Young twenty six one eighty seven says, "I think if I unlock my car from too far away, someone will run up to it and steal all my stuff before I'm there. Just yep. me or everyone." Um, I can relate to that. I don't actually have that one, but when I'm bringing groceries in from my car to my house, I because uh, I have a garage, but I can't get into my house from the garage, so I have to go outside. So I and if I'm making a few trips, I will bring the bags in and then lock my front door and go back to my car and then like sometimes close my trunk and then go like I, I do a lot of locking and unlocking, even though they're really close together because. My neighbor told me that someone broke in and stole her purse when she was in the backyard. So I'm convinced that my neighborhood is kind of unsafe, right. which it kind of is. Sure. But it's like if I'm six feet away, I doubt someone's going to be breaking into anything right Not when all. I'm right there. No, if they're that close, they're going to attack you too. Yeah. See, I knew you'd have something comforting to say. What about you? <laughs> what? Car. Do you have? Do you relate to that? Do you do I that? do. I, I, I don't lock it from too f- – but I, I do relate to the irrational thought – but as I'm walking up McDougal from the Comedy Cellar, I'll usually – I can see it when I unlock it. But yeah, I've had that same crazy thought that somebody's going to steal something out of there and run away real quickly. Yes. It's never right. happened. Um, here's two things that I think um, you might be into or relate to. Golf Lundgren, scratch my balls, then smell my fingers to see how bad it is. Also, Husek says, when taking off socks, I smell them before throwing them into the hamper. Two for two. Two when you blow two. your nose, do you look in the tissue? Always. Yeah, you have to. They always. You need to, you need to see what's going on. I've actually smelled toilet paper after I wiped my ass. But honestly, that was a great face you made. But it's not, it's not a creepy sexual thing. It really is. I have, I'm, my sense is my strongest scent, my scent or sense. Uh, and it's like I like to see if I'm sick. I, it's that bizarre, yeah. but I can tell if I'm sick if my shit smells weird. Okay, that makes, that makes sense actually. Um, that one's just you. Yeah, well, maybe it is, but I, I I don't think it's it's not for any weird reasons. I'm not judging you. I'm I just know. saying. But the smell on the balls thing occasionally, but uh, my balls don't get that sweaty because again, I'm not a very hairy guy. Mm-hmm. Adam is a big fan of, and will tell everyone that would listen about the virtues of talc. He, well, Adam's he a hairy guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He probably, he probably has awful hairy nuts. Yeah. Like I don't need to. I would never tell. I talc my balls once. When I was like 15, I was drinking and my balls were sweating up a storm and I was wearing army pants and this girl, Karen, used to blow me on her picnic table and my balls were all sweaty. So I put some talc on and it just got like all icky and gooky and my balls stunk and she blew me for like two seconds and she went. (coughs) (laughs) So I said, no more fucking talc on my sweaty balls. Yeah, I think sweaty balls would be better than um, swallowing talc. Yeah, I was Probably. 15 and my balls, my body was confused. Right. There was a lot of musk Yeah, happening. a lot of sweat and a lot of, a lot of things happening to my young body. JDR1390 says, after hearing a word or phrase for the first time, you begin to hear it all the time and wonder how you never heard it before. Yes, that happens to me all the time. I can't think of any examples, but – well, here's the thing though. Well, like 15 years ago when you just started to hear email? yes what is this thing that people are saying Um, either you wonder how you never heard it before or it's that it's sort of a trendy word like on the internet all the time you'll notice that you'll notice everyone like a few years ago everyone is saying awesome sauce and I want them all to die I've never heard that you've never seen awesome sauce I would love to call my cum that 
But I've never oh, actually. Yeah, is that what it's that? for? No, oh. no, no. That's They'll great. just be like, just saw, um, you know, the new Wes Anderson. Awesome sauce. That's terrible. It's terrible. That's yeah. almost as bad as me saying LOL in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other awful internet things. Um, hmm. I can't, but there's, but they all bother me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm such a pop cultural idiot though with that stuff. But you tweet a lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot. But I ignore a lot of stuff too. Okay. Uh, when I are Arlian Relian. Sorry, mis- I'm mispronouncing your name. Says, when I look at the backs of cars, I imagine the brake lights and bumpers form a face. And bumper form a face. Um, I don't do that with the backs of cars. But in college, once I was very stoned, and I was walking to a party, and I was walking past a row of cars, and every single car looked like an animal to me. And uh, that's kind of a cool, just a game play to play with yourself. Yes, it was just yeah, just a way to entertain myself. Whenever I see cars, I would always play. Can I picture Harry Chapin dead in this? Do you still do that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, comment boy five thousand. When I'm at the airport and I go through TSA, I feel like I'm getting away with smuggling coke, even though it's only shampoo. Yes. I always feel uh, like I just got away with something when I get through even though I'm not doing anything wrong. Yep. It's sort of the same as when a cop passes you. Yeah, and, and, and you're like, I could have – like uh, a lot of people would think drugs. I think a kidnapped child. I think like I could have a kidnapped child in this trunk and nobody would know it right now unless she was kicking. Kidnapped child is where your brain goes? <laughs> No. More than drugs? But I think I could have a gun in my glove compartment or anything and they would yeah. have no idea. I even say that to the cop if he pulls me over. I'm like, I could have a pistol in there and you wouldn't even know it. They hate that. I bet the, Yeah, I was going to say, I bet they don't like that. No. Do you really say that to them? Never. Okay. That's a veiled threat. Yeah. Uh, Matthew S. Conley, he says he bites his toenails. I feel like he's just showing off. I, yeah, exactly. So no, I don't do that. Because he's, he, what he's telling you is I could suck my dick right now. Right. Just and ask. As a woman, I'm super impressed by that. I. What's the I, so, so is what I say. I've, I've tried like every guy. I can't do it. How close can you get? Not as close as I'd like. Not even a swipe with the tongue. Does that make you mad at your flexibility or do you wish you had a longer tongue or how does that – how does that feel? You know how Michael felt when he realized that Fredo had been somewhere with Johnny Ola? His, that's how I feel when I've tried it. <laughs> it's that you broke my heart, Fredo. It's that utter disappointment. It's, it's a heartbreak. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian Pruitt, this will be the last JMO. That's just me or everyone. When I pay a bill or leave a tip, I use the oldest, most wrinkly bills in my wallet and keep the newer bills for myself. I don't do that. No, I don't either. I never think about it. I smell new money, but that's all. It's a wonderful thing, new money. I snap okay. it with my finger. Love to do that. Like this. I really do too. When I get money, right, I sometimes do it. this. Just like to that, hear it? Just that sound like – Got some of this. <laughs> um, I do that when I'm out with girls too. 
Snap your pile yeah, I, of ones. And I call it moolah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they love that. Oh, you know what I used to do to embarrass my ex-girlfriend? I do this character on Opie and Anthony called Chip. And Chip is an unfunny guy who's always bombing. And he's, he talks like, uh, what are you doing, that or something? And he's just terribly unfunny. And the ONA fans love him and you know, it's whatever. But my ex-girlfriend would hate when we were out and I would do Chip because she's like, people think I'm fucking that guy. And it would be fun when the waiter, when she would order something, she'd be like, well, can I have steak tartare? And I would just go, uh, how much is that? How much does that cost? Like she would fucking hate when I would ask the waiter how much her food costs because it implied that I was cheap and she was going to fuck me. So it was just a sweet little victory. Why did you and she break up? I knew it was time to break up. We were fighting so badly one night. It was 3 in the morning and she wouldn't stop. And I had to get up at 5.30. I went into the kitchen and I picked up a knife and I could viscerally picture sticking it in her. I I thought of stabbing her and myself. And uh, I knew I couldn't do that. And I put the knife back in the drawer. I was angry and I went back to bed and I'm like, she has no idea how violently angry at her I am and she just wouldn't shut Was there a thing that you were angry about or was it just the incessant? We had been fighting for a long time at this point, like, you know, you know, months. But it was like I just – I have to get up at 5.30 and you're fucking with the money when you do that. Like this is my gig. This is what I do for – Go home. So this is where I get my moolah so I can take (laughs) you to restaurants and go, how much is that? (laughs) But uh, I knew I had to end the relationship the next day and I did. That was it. She's still one of my best friends. Like I still love her. I just don't know if we can date. We haven't fucked in about a year, which is bizarre. Um, Wait, how long have you been broken up? A little over a year. Okay. So but there I, was a little backsliding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the first couple of months. But it got to be too difficult. And um, I don't think she's moved on yet. I know I haven't. But I mean once she does, I know it's for good. Like and I'm, I'm, I'm under no illusions about that. But Do you think about getting met together? Yeah, or? but I don't know if we will. I mean, I'm mad at her now because I'm out here for. She lives out here now, but it's you know, I, I'm out here for a couple of days because she's picked at me for something the other day, and I was like, shut the fuck! I was just annoyed, and like I'm out here to promote, and I don't feel like arguing, so I'll talk to her next week. I'm sure. Do we say who this is? Because I think I know who it is. I'll tell you off air. Uh, tell I, I won't say her name. I never say women's names publicly because people who hate me will bother them. No, I see right there. No, that's a once removed girlfriend. Oh. She's from – she's also one of my closest friends. Um, she is from a couple of years ago. OK. But uh, I still love her too but as a person, not as a, a – you know, not in a creepy way but as right. my friend. I haven't seen her in about eight months. We uh, She called me the day Patrice died and uh, I really wasn't talking to anybody that day but her I spoke and we saw, to. And we're not saying her name either because we don't say women's names. I won't know because okay. people who hate me will harass them. Oh, yes. That makes sense. And I sense. can handle – and they're not going to be killed or hurt and I can handle brutal criticism and brutal remarks but I don't want that ever being directed at right. them because I piss somebody off. Yeah. So uh, – So she called you the day Patrice died. And we talked for a while. Yeah, she was good. She was one of the only people I wanted to talk to and it was helpful. Um, but she's still a good friend too. Well, you speaking of brutal remarks, here's what I think of you. Speaking of brutal remarks, we do a segment on this show called Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And this is usually where I tell people that need to go fuck themselves to go fuck themselves. And it's usually, you know, hate mail I get or mean tweets or comments that people make and things like that. However, this is an Allison Rosen is your new best friend first. I don't have one ready because well, I – I might be able to help you out. 
Uh, did someone just make some shitty comment? You know what? I just sound crazier and crazier the more I talk. Oh, come on. I speci- that was something I said at the last live show. And I specifically said, please don't make a drop of this. Why? Because you made you sound silly? What did you think? If you hadn't specifically said it, I would have let it go. Damn it. But yeah, but I can't give you a hey, go fuck yourself. That's reserved for a special kind of asshole. You're just a standard kind of asshole. I'm just, <laughs> a, I'm just right a run-of-the-mill now? kind no. of asshole. Oh. Yeah, you're just the garden variety asshole. Um, but I mean, I could, but so, oh, my gynecologist is calling me. That's weird. Oh, God. Not really, just to confirm an so appointment. Ask if you've seen his ring. Uh, I heard that Jim Norton is in studio today. I'm just right. going to check and make sure exactly. everything's still okay. I have a real meaty one here, Jim, if you'd like to swing by the office. <laughs> I like a big meaty one. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> No, because as I was saying earlier, I actually have prevented – I've uh, not allowed myself to go seek out the comments. It's very tempting, but I haven't done it um, because I kind of went on a hate vendor and I read a whole thread of stuff that I shouldn't have read and then it totally messed with me. And I'm um, not even going to go into the details of it, though it's tempting. So anyway, um, I don't actually have – a specific, hey, go fuck yourself. So it makes I, I feel like I'd have to dig into the archives. It's weird. It's weird to not have that. I'm That's not, good. Thank you. Doesn't make the segment good, though. No, but sometimes, you know. You must the, sacrifice the show for mental health. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, a segment that's brief. It isn't worth your overall happiness. Oh, I'm not happy. Don't worry. Or your overall mental health. No, you don't seem happy. Right. That was a poor choice of words. Thank, from thank you. <laughs> no, I am happy-ish. But your mental uh, – one my segment, peace of mind. You're, you're maintaining. Thank you. Thank you. Now, do you need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? No, I do that when I feel like – even if I don't tell them um, – you know, would it be awful I had some horrible answer prepared? You have Jews. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a little broader All than we blacks. usually. We usually go on, on this show. <laughs> Anyone under five feet tall? <laughs> no, I have. Uh, I actually have none. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Give me a second. No, I mean, no. All right, none. Gary, anyone on your last nerve? Uh, not really right now. Wow, everything's pretty chill. All right, then we should play the other one. Hey, hey. know if i would go that far we need something real middle of the road like hey for now we're okay you're I, not my favorite yeah. but this will do <laughs> yeah i i want trap dog to work on that all righty um let's see i think that we are almost out of time jim is there anything that i left out that you wanted to talk about no this was very enjoyable thank fun you chat very fun chat thank i think of myself as a fun chat you are Thank you. Have you done the show by yourself for 90 minutes or do you always have a guest? Oh, I always have a guest. Yeah, it's helpful. It's helpful. I hate talking alone. But you're yeah. a good talker. You're interesting. And, Thank uh, you. And it's a fun show. Thank you very much. All right. So everyone who was listening to this should go watch Jim Norton, Please Be Offended. Is there a comma in there? Is it Jim Norton, comma, please no, be offended? No, but I did think of it. I thought of Jim please uh, dot, 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 be offended. Please <laughs> Be offended. Please be offended. Uh, I left it with no comma uh, because it's like 
you don't go, please be seated. You go, please be seated. And it's in that same direct tone as please be seated. The please is almost a phony politeness to an order. You're giving an order, you know. Right. Uh, be seated, motherfuckers. So that's kind of along the same line this is. Okay. So you guys are ordered to be offended. Jim Norton, please be offended on Epics or EpicsHD.com. I was going to call it edgy as I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please be, <laughs> please be offended. It's on Saturday and uh, 10 o'clock. And uh, EpicsHD.com, you can get a two-week free trial. And then if you don't like it, fucking dump it. And they can follow you on Twitter at Jim Norton. Jim Norton, sure. And they can go to your website. JimNorton.com is being worked on. It still will direct you to eat a bullet. But I changed my avatar. I had a picture of me with lipstick and a strap, a spaghetti strap dress, and it's fucking creepy. And it really bothered people. I love it. So you changed it for them? No, I changed it because I knew I was going to be on with Justin Bieber and oh. I'd pick up a lot of new Twitter followers, which I have in the last day. <clears throat> so I figure I'll put it back once they kind of get used to me. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. All right. And thank you guys so much for listening to the show and for telling your friends about the show and for just being um, the bestest and awesome. And uh, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because Amazon has everything, uh, then except recently – here's too much info, which sounds weird. But I was looking for a um, pump for lotion. And this was a specific pump, and I couldn't find it. So that was weird, and Amazon let me down. But I feel like that's the, that's the one item in the whole world that they don't have. Uh, so, And they have other pumps, you know, just the specific pump to fit the specific jar they didn't have. So click through the Amazon banner on my website, alisonrosen.com, and then you can go to Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything more, but it helps the show. And... By the way, it helps Adam too. So if you're like, well, I want to help Allison, but I also want to help Adam. Hello, help Allison, which helps Adam because we're in business together. So um, I love you. And uh, what else? Do I- well, I need to tell you that you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And um, you can email us at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at Al- Adam Carolla, excuse me, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. My mouth is moving faster than the words are coming out. It's like, um, it's like I, uh, it's like, um, it's like my mouth has been shot with adrenaline. Gary's telling me to just, just wrap it up, but I'm not going to because this is awkward and I love it, but it really is time to go. So thank you to Jim Norton. Thank you to Gary. Thank you to you guys. And um, there was one more thing. What the hell was it? Oh, thank you to Trap Dog for the music. Okay, bye, you guys. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Alison Rosen is your new best friend That's right, that's right Those good times don't seem to end That's right, that's right Alison Rosen is your new best friend Hey, do you know 
end of the episode congratulations okay so i said that i was going to put another angora song at the end and this one is called fire pants and this uh i wrote the lyrics and i'm trying to remember exactly what it was about well i was at a party and there was a guy there that i had a crush on and it was like four or five or six or seven in the morning and we had been up all night um i was not I wasn't doing anything other than just drinking a little bit and um, trying to stay up because I liked this guy. So I was tired, though. But anyway, I was, I was leaving, and um, he walked out with me, and he pointed at this girl that he was dating, and she, she was getting something out of her car or something. Um, and by the way, I don't know if I knew for sure that he was dating her or not. Uh, I don't think I would have. Or if, maybe I knew they had some involvement, but... It wasn't like he was in a relationship or anything. I wouldn't stay up that late slash early for someone who was taken. But anyway, uh, but but I was fairly pathetic at this point in my life. So anyway, he pointed at her and he said, she'll do anything I tell her to. Or watch, she'll do anything I tell her to. Maybe he'd asked her to go fetch something. And that stuck out to me because it was so... Um, kind of disrespectful and he was gloating about the power he had over her and and almost trying to impress me with that so it was fairly repugnant and yet I still liked him even hearing this I I still had a crush on him so uh so I wrote a song about it and here is that song okay talk to you soon (laughs) 